Hi, my name is Kira. I tend to forget to introduce myself, so this is what that is. I am a Seattle-based storyteller, writer, uh, podcaster, you name it. I just really want to share the gospel and share how Jesus truly changes everything. So this is your invitation to stay. You can find other episodes as well as my blog, um, any other important links, all in the description. Also, you can check it out on kiragothier.com. That should have everything that you're looking for. But there is grace here. There is love here. There is truth here. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Christians will claim that because the disciples died for their beliefs, then we can be certain that the gospel is true. I think this is one of the weakest claims for Christianity because we do see people die for lies all the time, right? Immediately, I think about the attack on 9-11. The hijackers were affiliated with the militant Islamic group, Al-Qaeda, They died for their beliefs, right? So shouldn't this prove that Islam is the one and only religion? No, and it doesn't, right? Like, not necessarily. So why do Christians keep using this to prove the Bible? That's sort of what I thought and how I thought about this claim. I questioned, why do Christians keep using this? It's it's meaningless, and there are so many other claims you can make with solid evidence that supports those claims. Why do Christian apologists keep choosing this one? I get it now. I finally understood what they meant. I get why they were using this. I was lacking the needed context and significance to understand their point. Can you relate to that? Before I jump in, let me catch us all up as you may be wondering, what is the point of studying the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible? It's the 27 books that make up the New Testament. It's where where Jesus comes in. Why even look into this in the first place? There are a lot of worldviews and religions to consider, and I know it's common to think that all religions just lead to the same path. But I ask, who is to say that those similarities matter more than the differences? I grew up in a Christian family. The Bible makes some pretty audacious claims. Jesus says that there are not several ways to heaven. There's only one, and Jesus claims to be the way. A couple of years ago, I set out on this journey to answer the question, which worldview leads to the most accurate and reasonable explanation for reality? This meant studying different religions and putting it up to what we do know about cosmology, philosophy, history, archaeology, and other fields. The evidence that I found for Christianity is remarkable. That is why I'm a Christian today. Here's the thing, friend. Like, either Christianity is false, and if so, then it is of little or no importance. But if Christianity is true, this changes everything. One way to test the reliability of the Bible is by studying the texts that are about the life of Jesus. 
we look at the Gospels, which are some of the, some of the books that are found in the New Testament, as they claim to be eyewitness accounts. The external evidence test compares their testimonies against what we know about history. I covered that in the Is the New Testament Reliable episode, so go check that out. The internal evidence test is more forensics-based, as it looks at the motives of the writers. How do we know they didn't just lie? Do the eyewitness accounts contradict one another? Is it reasonable to believe that they stole the body of Jesus and Jesus didn't actually resurrect? Did John really write the Gospel of John? Why do we leave out the Gospel of Thomas? It's these types of questions. This is where that claim comes in. Christians will say that one of the many ways we can know that the New Testament is trustworthy is because people do not die for lies. And we know that these Jesus followers died for their belief. Peter, Andrew, and Philip were all crucified. Bartholomew was flayed to death. James was beheaded. Matthias was stoned. Matthew was killed by the sword. Thomas was stabbed with a spear. Luke was hanged. Mark was dragged to death behind a horse. Paul was beheaded. John died in exile. There's not one record of any of these men recanting their beliefs. But how is this any different than the terrorists who died for their beliefs? The biggest difference is that these disciples saw, spoke to, and interacted with the resurrected Jesus. They were there with him. They, they didn't just write about the man who claimed to be sinless. They, they lived with him. They interacted with him. They didn't just write about the man who fulfilled the messianic prophecies. They were there. They didn't just write about the man who performed miracles in front of crowds. They were a part of the crowds. They wrote about the man who they watched being beaten, hanged on the cross, breathed his very last breath, moved to a tomb, was not found in that very tomb, and then appeared in his physical body days later. The difference is that they were with the Jesus that we read about. They didn't just write about it. No, man, they, they experienced it. They saw it all. That is what I was missing. The terrorists from 9-11 show us that some will die for what they believe in, but to be a willing martyr for a known lie is insanity. Who would do such a thing? The fundamental difference is these disciples saw what they believed to be the risen Jesus. Richard Carrier, an atheist, tears apart the Christian's claim. Actually, maybe, maybe he and I would get along as he states that people do die for lies. These are some of the examples that he gives. People die for a, quote, lie in the sense that they don't know what they're dying for, such as non-eyewitnesses who die for trusting someone else's word. Or, quote, eyewitnesses whose own minds have lied to them. Or eyewitnesses who are being conned. Or witnesses who aren't sure of what they saw but who believe they will gain eternal life if what they saw is what they are told it was, or want it to be, convincing themselves it must be true, merely to avoid personal despair. 
Uh oh, that one hits a little uh, too hard, huh? Doctor Carrier, you're right. People do die for for lies or or quote lies. But sir, if I may, I don't think we should be so quick to rule out this argument. We know that hallucinations are individual occurrences. They are not something that can be seen by a group of people, nor is it possible that one person could induce a hallucination in somebody else. Even clinical psychologists will say that these disciples saw Jesus. It could not have been a hallucination. I think we have solid evidence to believe that their eyes didn't fool them, their minds didn't fool them, since several people claim they saw the risen Jesus. Were the eyewitnesses conned? I don't think so. We forget that in that culture, Christianity was the odd one out. There wasn't a motive for someone to con the disciples. I've heard the argument that, well, what if there was an imposter? What if someone pretended to be the resurrected Jesus and that's who they saw? That's a fair point. But there are a couple reasons why I don't think that was the case. One, it still doesn't describe the empty tomb and where Jesus' body went. Secondly, and more importantly, this impersonator would need to possess miraculous powers as resurrected Jesus performed miracles and later ascended into heaven miraculously. I don't think the imposter theory holds. To Dr. Carrier's fourth claim, this is one of the many misconceptions about Christianity. He states that the disciples could convince themselves to believe what they saw with the motive of wanting to gain eternal life. But I, I remind you that these disciples were very skeptical of Jesus. Thomas, for example, he didn't even believe Jesus was the Messiah until the moment he was able to touch the wounds on Jesus's physically resurrected body. Dr. Carrier continues by making claims uh, stating, we don't have enough solid evidence that says that the apostles died as martyrs. I'll say this, it's a fair point. Though we do have, for example, um, like 10 reliable sources from the first and second centuries that confirm Peter died as a martyr, Another example uh, is the Apostle Paul. We have, I believe, eight sources. The Bible mentions a few, and when we can rope a few more into that. But anyway, I'll give you that claim, Dr. Carrier, because you're right. The Bible does not address all of the apostles' deaths. You're right. We, we do have evidence for what I listed above, but some of those sources exist outside of the Bible. So I'll, I'll, give, I'll give that to you. But here's what we do know and what I think we need to consider. We know that all the disciples believe they had seen the risen Jesus after his death. They became Christians because they saw Jesus had risen from the grave. We also know this. We know that all the apostles were willing to suffer and willing to die for their beliefs. We see this all over the book of Acts, another, another book in the Bible, another book in the New Testament. In Acts 4 and 5, 
we see we see them publicly proclaim Jesus, and because they do, they're threatened, beaten, and thrown into prison, even if we have no suitable evidence that the disciples died as martyrs, this is still significant. And here's why. We know that they saw the risen Jesus and they were willing to publicly proclaim this even while they were being beaten. Like You would think that after a while, he would get old, but they continued to put themselves in harm's way to share the gospel. This tells me that the disciples didn't make this up. They were not liars. They truly believed Jesus is Lord. Listen, for for me to die as a Christian, that's meaningless. It, It would tell you that I truly believed in Christianity. For someone to die as an atheist, that's meaningless. It would tell you that they died believing there is no God. But for the disciples to suffer and die as Christians, that, that is meaningful because they were eyewitnesses. They weren't just Christians, but they were the eyewitnesses. They truly believe that they saw the risen Jesus. That's why this is meaningful. So what does this mean? Dr. Carrier says this, Everyone dies for what they value more than their own life. And everyone values something more than their own life. And that something isn't always the truth. He's right. The argument that the disciples were willing to die for their faith shows you that they truly believed that they saw the risen Jesus. But that doesn't mean that Jesus actually rose from the dead. You're right, and I believe Jesus was more than a man, more than a carpenter. I believe he is Lord as he claimed to be. The Christian faith hinges on the resurrection. That's why I made an episode on the resurrection itself, and it is a historical event. I believe it is. I believe we have enough evidence to support it. The empty tomb is difficult to explain, and when we look at the facts that most, if not all scholars agree on, Christians, non-Christians, and even anti-Christians, we see that the eyewitness accounts found in the Bible are the only sources that support these minimal facts. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again because he is Lord. This means that the Bible is not a fairy tale, but it is history. That means that Jesus really did come to save. This means that Jesus is the only way to salvation. And for those who believe Jesus is who he is, they will be saved. We have more than enough evidence to believe the resurrection is a historical event. We do. Nothing else explains what happened to Jesus's body. I believe Jesus really did come to die for our sins and was resurrected because he is God himself. More than a man, more than a carpenter, Jesus is the Messiah, the savior of the world, the author of the universe. This is your invitation to see who this Jesus is. He changed my life and he can change yours too. I've tried your worldview. Would you be willing to try out mine? The gospel offers hope and healing.
seek Jesus. He really is just.